0: Will you join me in our call to worship? Hungering and thirsting, we come to the Lord. Jesus is the living bread. Feed us with your love and healing power, O Lord. Give us the bread of hope and compassion that we may also feed others. Praise be to you, O Lord, for your compassion for us. Praise be to you, O Lord for your steadfast love. You may be seated as we continue to worship.
1: From the highest of heights to the depths of the sea. Creations revealing your majesty. From the colors of fall to the fragrance of spring Every creature unique in the song that it sings All exclaiming Indescribable, uncontainable You place the stars in the sky And you know them by name You are amazing Awestruck, we fall to our knees as we humbly proclaim, You are amazing, God. Mm-hmm. Who has told every lightning bolt where it should go? Foreseen heavenly storehouses laden with snow who imagine the sun and gives source to its light, yet it conceals it to bring us the wholeness of night. None can fathom, indescribable, uncontainable. You place the stars in the sky, and you know them by name, you are amazing God. All-powerful, untamable, struck, we fall to our knees as we humbly proclaim, you are amazing God. Indescribable, uncontainable, you place the stars in the sky, and you know them by name. You are amazing, God. Incomparable, unchangeable, you see the depth of my heart, and you love me the same. You are amazing, God.
0: Amen. God is amazing. And praise God for this opportunity to be in prayer this morning. Let's remember this. We are on holy ground and we are in sacred space. So we've already established, God has established praying ground for us. So if you are worshiping online. If you have a prayer request just type that prayer request right into the comments if you're in person in the sanctuary in a few moments i'm going to pause and in that pause we're going to lift up any prayer needs uh, we may have uh, today i want us to especially focus our positive prayer energy on ukraine and let's pray for peace let's pray for diplomacy in ukraine i mean sometimes we mention these geopolitical events and we think, well, you know, uh, what good is is one person's prayer going to do? Remember, uh, prayer is powerful because God is powerful, not because of our power. Prayer is powerful because God is powerful. So let's focus our positive prayer energy today on peace, uh, diplomacy in Ukraine. And also let's focus some positive prayer energy. MCCLV, the church has some families that are moving to different parts of the country and if anyone here has ever made a move whether it's five miles or 500 miles or it is stressful right we know that moving is one of the top five stressors uh, in life so we also know that God is in transition Uh, that transition times are holy times. Uh, God is in those changes. And uh, so let's pray for these families that uh, will be making new homes in different parts of the country, uh, that that they feel the presence and the power of of God in those moves. And so I'm going to pause now for those who are in person. If you have any prayer requests, let's lift those up now. god that you hear our prayers whether they've been spoken aloud written down or whether they remain on our hearts you hear our prayers you know our lives you respond to our needs you are amazing god thank you that you sustain us and have gifted us with this time together we are in the right place it is the right time and you god you are present we are so grateful help us to love you And help us to love your people, Lord God. Help us to learn once again how to be your church and how to worship and praise you and pray together and fellowship together and serve people in need. We want to live our lives more and more for you, God. But more and more we feel our lives are being filled up with things that do not satisfy. So redirect our hearts, redirect our minds one more time. Like the Apostle Paul, we want to consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. Keep us focused on worshiping you fully and authentically. Remove from us any distractions or barriers that might be in the way today of hearing from you. We do want to hear from you, God. And we also want to do the harder part, which is to follow in the ways of your chosen one, Jesus. So we want to hear from you. And we want to follow in the ways of Jesus. Thank you for affirming us, Lord God. Thank you for challenging us, Lord God. Thank you for giving us what we need and growing us as your people. Bless our worship and bless our lives. And let's all say, amen.
1: We have come into your house, gathered in your name to worship. We have come into your house Gathered in your name To worship you We have come into your house Gathered in your name Worship Christ the Lord. Worship you, Jesus Christ the Lord. So forget about yourself, concentrate on and worship We'll forget about ourselves and concentrate on you and worship you We'll forget about ourselves and concentrate on you the Lord, worship you, Jesus Christ, the Lord. Let us lift up holy hands and magnify your name and worship Let us lift up holy hands and magnify your name and worship you Let us lift up holy hands and magnify your name and worship Christ Gathered in your name To worship you We have come Into your house Gathered in your name To worship you We have Come into your house Gathered in your name
2: from chapter 6 of the Gospel according to John. Hear God's word for you. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. Everything that God gives me will come to me, and anyone who comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. And this is the will of the one who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that this one has given me, but raise it up on the last day. This is indeed the will of my heavenly parent, that all who see the child and believe in the child may have eternal life, and I will raise them up on that last day. Then the religious authorities began to complain about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not complain among yourselves. No one can come to me unless drawn by God who sent me, and I will raise that person up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from God comes to me. Not that anyone has seen God except the one who is from God. That one has seen God. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The religious authorities then disputed amongst themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh and drink the blood of the sovereign one you have no life in you those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life and I will raise them up on the last day for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I am them just as the living God sent me I live because of God so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate and they died. But the one who eats this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Herein today's reading, praise God, that God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path.
0: Praise God indeed. Will you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth And may the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you. God, we ask humbly that you just continue to pour out your spirit upon us, amen. Well, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And this is part of a series of I am statements that Jesus makes in the Gospel of John. So Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Jesus also says, I am the light of the world. Jesus says, I am the gate, I am the good shepherd. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus says, I am the true vine. Jesus says, I am what I am, and what I am needs no excuses. Wait a minute, I think that's from a Broadway musical and not from the Gospels. Gloria Gaynor, too, right? So seriously, seriously, Jesus in this scripture passage, when he uses those I am statements, he's following up on a passage from the Hebrew Bible in the book of Exodus. This is where Moses asks God for God's name. And what does God tell Moses? I am who I am. Who is God, what is God's name? I am. And identity is important for us, but it's also important for God. When we give voice to our identities, it's typically empowering. We say, I am XYZ, race or ethnicity, or I am XYZ, gender identity, or I identify as this sexual orientation, or I am of XYZ, political affiliation, or economic class, or religion, or however we identify. And naming, again, naming personal identities is vital. But let's always remember what's most important for us is recognizing God's identity first and foremost. God is I am. And God's I am comes before any of our I ams. So our primary identity is found in God. After all, we were created in God's image for God's purposes. Now, Jesus, who is fully God and fully human, also uses that phrase, I am. And today we focus on Jesus' words, I am the bread of life. Now, I wonder if Jesus ever thought of being more specific about the kind of bread, right? Did Jesus ever consider the line, I am the bagel of life, right? I am the pita of life, I am the tortilla of life, I'm the baguette of life, my personal favorite, the baguette of life, I'm the focaccia, of life. Well, what about this? I'm the gluten-free, multi-grain of life. That one doesn't seem to quite flow as much. So Jesus sticks with that broad category. I am the bread of life. And then he says, whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. This is a bold claim, right? What is Jesus pointing out? That he is going to meet the daily need of sustenance for his followers. No more hunger. No more thirst. No more scrounging after the basics. Everything is provided by God through Christ. Now God, Remember, provided for the community of Israel, in the wilderness, in the community, learn that people don't live by bread alone, but people live by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And Jesus is a continuation of this provision. We can trust in, we can rely on the Lord to meet our basic daily needs. Praise be to God. Now, this isn't a directive to quit our jobs. Right? This isn't that's not what Jesus is getting at. Let's all quit our jobs. Okay, prove it to me, Jesus. Prove it to me that you're gonna provide bread, water, rent money, the car payment, take care of all the medical bills. That's not what Jesus is getting at today. We're not to put the Lord our God to the test. Instead, what are we called to do? We are called to grow in our capacity to trust in the Lord. We're to grow our capacity to trust. And let's just pause for a moment and think, well did God see us through any wilderness time of economic lack or emotional lack? Let's just pause for a moment, did God see us through Now we're all sitting here today, so we can rejoice that God has seen us through challenging times. For those of us who have journeyed through emotional deserts and experienced hurt or betrayal or heartache or anxiety or grief, we know that we didn't stay in that desert location forever. God brings us through emotionally difficult times. And God has seen us through economically challenging times those times when we had no idea how all the payments were going to be made, how we were going to provide for the kids, or how we were going to save for the future. Now, some of us have had more financial struggles than others because we live in an unfair world, right? We live in an unequal world. But as we all grow in love, we grow in sharing, and the world becomes more fair and more equal. The world has not defeated us, and the world will not defeat us. For we have found victory and we found that eternal sustenance in Christ. Now, because someone always has to fuss and complain about anything under the sun, we hear in the gospel passage today that the religious authorities, they are not fans of what Jesus has proclaimed. And it's something that continues today, right? A person in a group or a person or a group or a community or a congregation meets the need and. What happens? Sometimes the religious authorities have to fuss. And what does Jesus say to the religious authorities today? Do not complain among yourselves. No one can come to me unless drawn by God who sent me. And I think this is such a good template for us to use today. If something is about God, it's going to be revealed that it's indeed about God. If someone is about God, that person is going to be revealed, to be about God. If someone is not about God, that person is going to be revealed, to not be about God. If something is not about God, that something is going to be revealed. So there's no need to fuss. There's no need to complain about people getting their needs met and finding the abundant life. If something seems off track, God is going to reveal it. And if something is good, God is going to reveal that also. It's about growing our, in our capacity to trust, to trust God. Now, I have to say, it's deliciously easy to pick on the religious authorities in Jesus' day, and it's deliciously easy to pick on the religious authorities in the year 2022. And too often, the religious authorities make themselves ridiculously open to criticism. For instance, Roman Catholic Archbishop Jerome Listecki He recently developed just a terribly harmful anti-transgender policy for the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. Another example, a Catholic high school outside of Denver recently fired two faculty members for allowing a student to publish a pro-choice essay in the school newspaper. Now, that's just the Catholics. There's plenty more from the evangelicals and others holding religious authority in the United States. I'm going to pick on them some other time. But those are just our two uh, examples today where the religious authorities um, are way off track. Now, we rightly understand that anyone holding any kind of spiritual authority is vulnerable to command and control tendencies. Unfortunately, some religious authorities, some bishops or church leaders, they slip into trying to control things. And I think we all forget from time to time that God is in control. God is the one who is in control. We're all just passengers <laughs> of God's bus. Now, and I think we have to remember this about religious authorities. Religious authorities are trained to maintain the spiritual life of a community and to ensure that the proper sacred texts are read, that interpretation is offered, that worship starts on time, that people learn how to pray, that people come to understand spiritual teachings, and people join in fellowship, and people serve others in need. And religious authorities also have the unenviable task of calling out false prophets, potentially harmful teachers and rogue religious practitioners. The problem is when a person in religious authority sees any teaching that is different from theirs as being false. Okay? Jesus is not a false teacher. He's a different kind of teacher and he holds a different kind of interpretation. So I have some sympathy for ancient and contemporary religious authorities. The role doesn't come with a barrel of laughs. It's hard work, it's serious work, and people in authority make numerous mistakes. And when someone like Jesus comes along, it seems strange at first. And with just a shallow glance, Jesus seems to bring chaos. What the religious authorities do not realize in the passage is that Jesus brings with him an invitation to transformation. And a surprisingly large number of religious and spiritual folks are not very interested in transformation. Now, we all have to hold our spirituality lightly. And while we may receive comfort from familiar songs or familiar rituals or familiar rhythms, we don't want that to be the entirety of our spiritual lives. Jesus calls on us to be open to new rhythms, right? New thoughts, new perspectives, new people, new theologies. And so a question not just for the religious authorities, a question not just for church leaders, a question for all of us is this, are we interested only in maintaining our spirituality or are we willing to be transformed? Do we want God to only affirm us where we're at, or do we want God to be continually growing us? Now, I think sometimes we hesitate to accept Jesus' invitation to transformation because you know we have some negative feelings about change. But transformation is often very freeing. Uh, early on, when I was uh, when I came to MCCLB, we were. This was like four locations ago. We move a lot as MCCLV. so this was four locations ago. We were on Center Street, uh, Center and Wall Street in uh, uh, Bethlehem, and we only worshiped on Sunday evenings. And, you know, after the service that evening, as usual, I was standing at, at the back of the sanctuary, and it was a sanctuary that we shared with the Unitarian Universalist Church. And a middle-aged man who I had not seen before, a middle-aged man came up to me, and he shook my hand, and through tears, he said to me, thank you for giving this back to me. Praise be to God, thank you for giving this back to me. And I I learned later that the man had been to a church that was, had grown up in a church, uh, been a a participant in a church that was anti-LGBT, Attending a worship service at MCCLV transformed his relationship with God. So if anyone is is wondering why MCCLV? Why do we still meet? Why do we still worship? Why do we still offer Bible study and service opportunities and fellowship? Well, it's because we believe That Jesus still offers that invitation to transformation, and because Jesus still offers that invitation, MCCLV must continue to be a place that also offers this invitation to transformation. Now, sometimes I think we get a little comfortable uh, in our current culture in the United States or in the global West, and I think sometimes uh, we need to learn from other parts of the world about the True power of transformation. On this next slide is Dr. Mercy Oduye, and she's the director of the Institute of African Women in Religion and Culture at Trinity Theological Seminary in Ghana. And she's a Methodist, and she is affectionately known as the mother of African women's theologies. And she writes this African women live by a spirituality of resistance which enables them to transform death into life and to open the way to the reconstruction of a compassionate world. And she further writes this, African women live by a resurrection motif. With this affirmation, African women confront, survive, and overcome violence. I love that. A spirituality of resistance enables us to transform death into life. So thank you, Dr. Aduye. So Jesus was surrounded by a culture of death, where people were controlled by that violent Roman Empire and other people in power. Now, while the details have changed throughout the centuries, in 2022, we continue to live in a culture of death. What's an example of this? We live in a country where hundreds of millions of firearms are owned by people who live in fear of their neighbors. We live in a culture where corporations violently extract resources from the Earth, and threats of violence can lurk in even the most mundane of social media exchanges. So we are not to live according to this culture of death, and instead, as Dr. Aduye writes, we embrace a spirituality of resistance. We don't need to live like most of the rest of the world lives. We can leave that behind. When the world insists that we are to take all that we can get, we can firmly say, no, no, we're going to give, we're going to share, we're going to sacrifice. Joining faithful women in Africa, we may also transform death into life in our corner of the world, advocating against gun violence, being thoughtful consumers by truly reflecting before making purchases and practicing grace and mercy in every social media exchange. Should I say that again? Practicing grace and mercy in every social media exchange. (laughs) Amen. Amen. What's another thing we can do? We can refrain from the use of violent words. That's a spirituality of resistance. We can refrain from violent entertainments. Now, some people here had the delight of hearing Stephen Charleston preach at a Metropolitan Community Church Conference. It was 2005, and it was in Calgary, Canada. And he's on this next slide. Uh, And what does he write? The world is full of the fear of birth and change. Isn't that the truth? I'm going to say that again. The world is full of the fear of birth and change, but that transformation will one day be our blessing. Do not be afraid but what but be believing yes charleston he's a retired episcopal bishop he's native american of the choctaw nation he has an active facebook page you can read his wonderful quotes he he posts daily almost Uh, just search for stephen charleston on facebook very uplifting so as a person in spiritual authority bishop charleston has the approach that Jesus has invited, to which Jesus has invited each of us, right? Embracing transformation. We fear change. We fear rebirth. We fear transformation. That's actually the life to which God continually calls each and every one of us. And change is scary because it is entering into the unknown. Now I think that we can learn so much about change and transformation by talking with and listening carefully to the testimonies of our transgender siblings. People who have transcended gender know what it's like to come through a transformation and to live more deeply in the truth. Transformation will one day be our blessing. Do not be afraid, but be believing, amen. Now, accepting Jesus' invitation to transformation is not about saying that we're bad and we need to change because we're bad or wrong or hopeless. That's not it at all. We all get off track from time to time. Now, Jesus' transformation isn't about wagging a finger at us. Instead, Jesus' invitation to transformation is about showing us that life can be different. You see, in his invitation to transformation, Jesus is saying this. Hey, come closer to me. Live more like me. Focus more on things eternal and less on the temporary things. Hang out with people who are different than you. And trust that I'm going to give you what you need to make it through the day-to-day. That's what Jesus is saying in that invitation now because life's changes transitions and and transformations can be challenging and and they can be tiring we need something to sustain us and that returns us to Jesus the bread of life what does Jesus say I am the living bread that came down from heaven whoever eats of this bread will live forever And the bread that I give for the life of the world is my flesh. Now this is where we move into that sacrificial language. Jesus willingly gives up his flesh, willingly gives up his body, his earthly life, so that we all might live life more fully. So a follower of Jesus embraces a culture of life, a culture of nonviolence, a culture of forgiveness rather than a culture of revenge, a culture of shared sacrifice so that all can live more fully. Now, real bread fills us up, right? It is a carb load. And many of us are eating less bread because we've learned that while carbohydrates are essential for energy, we don't need a whole loaf, right? A smaller bit will do. I used to consume bread at three meals a day right i'd have toast for breakfast i'd have a sandwich for lunch and then for dinner why not add some bread to whatever is uh, for dinner the first time i had thanksgiving with my spouse's family i was in unfamiliar territory i brought bread but no one put the bread out why did they hate my bread right was i going to marry into an anti bread family oh the horror I asked where the bread was, right? Who was hiding the bread during Thanksgiving? I asked where the bread was, and it was reluctantly put on the Thanksgiving table. I think I was the only one who had some bread with my turkey. Now, (laughs) I have reduced my carb load in recent years, and uh, at first I had constant craving for more carbs, but as time passed, the physical cravings didn't linger as long. Uh, Let's remember this, Jesus fills fills us up physically, but he doesn't want us to stop with the physical, right? Jesus wants us to enter with him into the spiritual. So the most important carb load that Jesus provides for us is in the form of spiritual energy. We cannot force ourselves to manifest energy for God. We cannot force ourselves to manifest energy for one another. We cannot make ourselves, right? We can't make ourselves be more energetic. We can't make anyone else feel more energetic, right? Um, Especially now, in the depths of winter, in the northern hemisphere, it's so difficult some days, right? To have energy for God, to have energy for work, or for life or for for one another. Many of us were just trying to put one foot in front of the other. We're just trying to get through this season. But there's Jesus promising us, Jesus is promising us energy from a literal carb load of bread. And if that weren't enough, Jesus is promising us the energy that only comes from God. We need both, right? We need the physical energy, we need the spiritual energy, and we can rest assured that both those things are being provided by God who loves us and wants for each of us uh, a life that is vital. So Jesus is the bread of life, the one who gives us food and energy. Jesus is the one who gives us the food and the energy that we need uh, to keep on loving God and and loving one another. And so, uh, let's pray today. I think there are some people who are worshiping today who are in need of that spiritual carb load. Uh, Maybe are feeling a little low uh, at this point, a little low energy. So we wanna pray for you, Lord God, to pour out your spirit upon us. Give that spirit to all of us. You are so generous, Lord God and we thank you that you have made the spirit present lord god you have placed a lot in front of us and we are in awe we are in awe that through your chosen one jesus we experience our physical needs being met you provide for us bread water for the living of these days You provide for us sustenance. We are so grateful for that. And yet you provide even more than that, God. Not only do you provide for our physical sustenance, you provide for our spiritual sustenance. You give us your spirit, your energy, so that we can live as you would have us to live, so that we can live in your transformation. Thank you, Lord God. We do want to live our lives more and more for you. You know that it's a struggle sometimes when you're calling us to something different, because we like our familiar rhythms, we like our comfort zones, and yet you, Lord God, you take us by the hand, and you lead us into the unknown, and you ask us to just trust you. And so we're gonna take a deep breath today, Lord God, We're going to place more of our trust in you. Less of our trust in the things of this world. Less of our trust in tech. Less of our trust uh, in these worldly, earthly things. We're going to place more of our trust in you. And you've got us, Lord God. You've got our front, you've got our back. (laughs) You've got us in the palm of your hand. Thank you, God that you are with us and that we can trust in you we are ready lord god we are ready to give more and more of ourselves over to you Hallelujah. amen
1: one bread, one body one lord of all One cup of blessing which we bless. And we, though many, throughout the earth. We are one body in this one.